Marriage takes work from both the husband and the wife. On this week's episode of the Nobleman Podcast, we talk with Jay Payleitner to discuss his book, Moms Bringing Out the Best in Dads, and discover how the whole family can benefit. Folks, welcome to the Nobleman Podcast. We are so excited today. I'm glad you're with us, and we've got a fantastic guest with us. We've got Jay Payleitner, who's a friend of mine, a uh, men's ministry guy with the National Coalition of Ministries to Men, and he's written, I don't know how many books. He'll ha- Jay, how many books have you written now? This is number 30, number 34, Mike. <laughs> number 34. Get that. It's 34 books. So I am stoked to have Jay here. He's been a friend for years. And then two ladies from the Noble Warriors office are joining us on the podcast, uh, Holly Gilman and Kristen McKee. So I'm going to get Holly and Kristen to introduce themselves so you know a little bit about them and what they do for Noble Warriors, and then we'll introduce Jay. So Kristen, why don't you kick us off? Sure. Um, I'm Kristen, and I've been working for Noble Warriors about uh, seven years this month doing communication, and I am married to Joseph um, for almost four years. We are a blended family, and so between the two of us, we have five. We have um, eight and nine-year-olds that live in the house with us, and then we have a um, 16-year-old, 18-year-old, and 20-year-old. Okay. Now, part of what's cool that I know about Kristen and her husband is they're very involved in ministry, and so they help out not only with Noble Warriors, but very involved in their local church. So love their story and so glad Kristen's here. Holly, tell us about your story just a bit. Yeah, so I'm Holly, and I am married to my husband, Michael. We've been married for uh, 26 years, and we have three adult children now, uh, about 23, 22, and 19, so we're on the verge of being empty nesters. Awesome. All right, and Holly and Michael both help out with Noble Warriors Ministry and other things as well, so we just love ministry families, and I love having these two ladies as part of this. Now, Jay, tell us a little mm. bit about your status. Where are you in life, marriage, kids, grandkids, the story there? Well, uh, after a, a decade in advertising, I ended up in Christian media where I produced Josh McDowell Radio and did work with Chuck Colson and and the Voice of the Martyrs, Jesus Freaks Radio. Suddenly, uh, I wrote a book, and now I'm up to, like I said, 30-some books, mostly for dads and families and relationships, but moving into some other areas Um uh, the, the prayer of agar and um, and don't take the bait to escalate. Um, but before we get too much further, I can I know your your listeners. They know you, Mike. They love you. You're a big, strong, you're a manly man. Uh, I gotta tell you, folks. Um, one time at a at a National Coalition of Ministries for Men meeting, I was hitting bottom, and uh, just on the outside of the meeting hallway, I ran into Mike and I shared something with him. He gave me a big hug at the right time in the right place. And it was huge at that moment. Mike doesn't realize that. So he's not just this big old manly man that's so that is gruff. He's the nicest guy in the world and will give you a, a hug when you need it. So stick with Mike. He loves he loves to, to love on people. Wow. Thank you so much, Jay. Hey, um, Jay, we invited you on because I follow your books and the, and what you're doing. And man, this year, a title came across my desk that caught my attention. The title of it is Moms Bringing Out the Best in Dads, Teaming Up to Help Your Family Thrive. And I just love the idea. We have some women who follow the Noble Warriors mission and ministry and love what we do because we're investing in their sons and their husbands and their fathers. We've got you on to talk about this book that you wrote for women about men. Well, there you go. Uh, Moms Bringing Out the Best in Dads is the name of the book because 
we wanted moms to be able to pick this book up and we wanted dads to see it on the nightstand and not say, hey, what's wrong with me? Am I a bad father? Why are you buying this book to make me better? Uh, and so it's you know, we, just want, we wanted moms to know that we need them. I am all about dads being the best they can be, the men of God and the leaders of the family that God has called them to be. And I've sold literally a half a million books for dads, but throw them all out because the best resource for any dad, whether that's a, a, a divorced dad or a dad who's really active, a dad who's got a toddler or a dad who's got a mixed blended family, the best resource for dad is the mother of those kids. Well, let me let me ask you this question. Did you get pushback from women about the fact that you're a guy writing to them about how to care for their men, how to invest in their men, how to encourage them? Uh, just the opposite. It was like, Jay, how do you understand what we're going through? Because a lot of the chapters of this book are kind of like, you know what, um, we need, we do need your help. Or I know moms that we can be jerks sometimes. Or moms, we can forget things. We need you to help us remember things. I'm thinking about back what my wife Rita did for me, has done for me over the years with our five kids. I mean, she, she somehow she knew to roll her eyes at me at the right time. It's like, oh, there's my husband again. Somehow she knew uh, to protect my time. I, you know, I, I, I worked out of the home for 30 years. And she knew that I would rather be playing with the kids, but she would protect my time. The point is that as I'm writing this book and, and I'm getting feedback from the moms, I'm, they're going, oh, my husband needs me to do that. Oh, I didn't realize my husband was thinking that. Uh, because uh, Mike and Kristen and, and Holly, as you know, um, guys and gals are different. Yes. <laughs> For so sure. There you go. Yeah. Well, let's let's start with the ladies. Uh, Holly, what is something that jumped out at you when you read this book? You thought, "Yep, he has nailed it on this issue." Well, I think one of the biggest things that I liked about it was just it shows the teamwork aspect of parenting. That it's not just what dad can do or just what mom can do, but it's really about working together and and that takes figuring out how to work together as a team and I think I think it is valuable um, to hear a husband's and a father's perspective on what that looks like you know from your side because I know what it looks like as a mom um, but it is helpful to hear from a dad's perspective what that looks like I have to agree with Holly on the teamwork thing that I'm told Joseph about this book and he thought it was great that a guy was writing a book to moms about dads. Um, he said that that it's great to have that perspective, you know, and sometimes it's better to hear it from somebody else instead of, your, you know, your husband. I think, like you said, the differences. I loved that chapter on embracing the differences between a husband and a wife, how we are so different in that list was us to a T. It just made me chuckle how <laughs> we are. That is us. We are so different in those ways. Um, yeah. But how we balance each other in that. Right. Um, and so that is huge and how that creates that teamwork and how we do help each other. And I think that moms bringing out the best in dads actually bring out the best in moms as well. I mean, it helps us be a better mom when we are helping our husbands be a better dad. So I think it's full circle. <laughs> I need, I need, Kristen, I need to, I need to put that, get that quote there on top of the book or on my website that, so <laughs> it helps bring out the best in moms also. Son of a gun. I'll, I'll take that. 
the, the best example of that in the recent is the the very first chapter I, is is on swaddling. Now uh, I I assume all the moms know what swaddling is. If you if you've had a little baby, uh, some of the dads might not. We had ten uh, foster babies, so uh, it turns out in Illinois where we are, uh, of the ten. New, newborn we had, about half of them were cocaine exposed, which means that uh, we had to love the cocaine out of them. You could eat, uh, they had the, uh, the little shakes uh, once in a while when you're, when you're holding them. And I'll never forget, ever forget, uh, Max, my, uh, my all-state catcher and wrestler, was on, a, on the couch watching some, some sporting event with a little teeny, teeny, tiny baby on his, on his chest. This little guy starts to shake a little bit. So Max does what his mom told him to do. And that's just to hold tight. Not too tight, of course, but just, just hold on. And so maybe 18, 20 seconds later, it's, it go, they go through the, the shakes. And then so Max got up and gave the, gently gave the baby over to uh, Rita. Then starts walking around the house, slamming doors and screaming. How could a mother do this to her baby? What a lesson that was for all of us. Uh, on so many different levels. First of all, Max is not going to do drugs later in life then because he's, he's the impact. And then the battle of darkness and light that we have in our world. There's so much evil out there and the responsibilities we have as parents to introduce our, our children to the light and make sure they understand that. But also, I had no desire to be a foster dad. So Rita introduced that whole concept into our family. And what a gift that was to every member of the family. That was something that Rita could teach me and, and us. And I mean, I, I teach things to read also. It's, it's that teamwork as we talked about. But the point is that um, we're in this together and uh, we learn from each other. And, uh, and I am so eternally grateful for that moment and for everything, of course, that Rita's taught me. And that was kind of the inspiration for the book, realizing how much uh, I've, I've gotten and learned and how Rita makes me a better dad. Wow. Well, thanks for sharing that story. It's it's pretty amazing to see a uh, athletic teenager get animated about something so tiny that uh, rocks his world that way. Well, Holly, what's something else in this book that you thought about that it affirmed in your in your marriage that you Jay wrote about it and you said, "Wow, that's exactly right. I have seen that be helpful in my own marriage." Well. I do specifically remember the story Jay mentioned about um, helping your husband remember things. And I know that um, that my husband, he's had uh, points in his career that have just been very, very demanding um, time-wise, energy-wise. And, you know, a lot of times that coincides with the height of your kids' activities when they are doing everything and you have no other drivers. And so you're just going in every direction. Um, but I, I appreciated his uh, perspective on just those sort of gentle um, reminders. <laughs> I think the way he put it was, you know, when you're when your husband is supposed to be somewhere, you know, you you don't get upset. You just send those gentle reminders like, you know, looking forward to seeing you soon at the basketball game or <laughs> whatever it might be. But, you know, those little things, we we both need them. You know, we, we both need each other to just say, hey. I need you to do this. And, um, and I appreciated that and could relate with that very well. Because those moments that could be divisive in the relationship, or it could be helpful and draw you together. It all depends upon the way you present it. Yeah. Jay, what would you say about that? Uh, here's the test. 
Yeah, if there's a if there's a key band concert, no one wants. Who wants to go to a to a third grade violin concert? Nobody does, or because they're just <laughs> terrible. Now you you want you want to be there. You you do. You absolutely want to be there. Uh, and even I'm, I'm picturing a, a dad on the way out the door. He knows there's a concert tonight. On the way out the door in the morning, he said, "Hey, sweetheart," to his third grade daughter or fifth grade daughter or son or, "Hey, I'm looking forward to your concert tonight." So he wants to be there. He's thinking about it. But then he gets caught up at something at work. There's a little, a little emergency, and he and he looks at his watch, and it's six forty-five, and there's no way he's going to make that seven band, seven o'clock band concert. So he's angry at himself, and mom's uh, mom's in the auditorium looking back at the door and cursing her husband out under her breath. And that's one of the reasons why technology exists, folks, is those gentle texts. Not don't forget, but the idea of yeah, looking forward to tonight, or we'll save you a seat, something like that. At noon, and then again at five at four o'clock, kind of a thing. But here, but here's the, the <laughs> test, and this is this might not sit well with any of your listeners, Mike. If at the end of the day, I mean, you bo- he shows up and 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 whatever he misses it, that kind of thing. But at some point, she's gonna say, "I knew you would forget." That goes sour real quick. But I'm gonna turn that back and say, "Hey, if you knew, ladies, if you knew he was gonna forget." Then it's whose fault is it that he didn't know about it? If you knew he was going to forget, that was your job to remind him. Now, again, you've got your own things going on. You've, I guess my thought is, um, boy, we need your help. Well, it, yeah, it goes yeah. back to the teamwork thing. I, we, we've got yeah, to work right. together. I'll, I'll add to that. Yeah, please. The um, So my husband, and he has chemo brain. So on top of forgetting things, he is on chemo. And so he is forget, forgetful all the time. And he admits that. And so um, I am a paper calendar person. I'm old school, but he uses Google Calendar. So that's something that we worked through in our marriage is that I will now use Google Calendar so that, and they're integrated so that he is reminded of things. That is a huge help for him. And so that was just something for me to change and, and get used to, but it was a huge help for him. So it, you know, benefited both of us. You know, Jay, I'll throw something in that, that, tips this back in another direction. My wife likes to drive her vehicle, whatever it is, until it's absolutely empty (laughs) of gas so that she can fill the tank completely up. Now, you probably have an idea of where this is going. It's uh, not lately, but there have been multiple times in our marriage when she would call and say, "Um, I'm stuck because I ran out of gas. And so I have to remind her sometimes that, that, you know, it's not self-perpetuating. The tank has to be full, but, but it's also a scenario where I can help her, you know, bring out the best in her by making sure that I'm helping with that and, and reminding. So there we go with the teamwork thing and, and working to bring out the best in each other rather than looking for the worst. And I think that's what happens sometimes is we're looking for the faults rather than Mm. looking for the solid things and investing in the right parts of the relationship. That's part of what I see in that whole thing. That, that makes me think of uh, of a few don'ts in the course of the book. It's it's fifty two chapters is in the book, and so there's there's a lot of things yeah. really things that to encourage you to do, and some things to remind you maybe not to do. And so I'm, maybe I'm going to ask Kristen and Holly, uh, have you done any of these things? Uh, my wife early in our marriage was at a. Um, uh, went to a group of, gir- of girls, uh, young moms who would uh, do their little craft projects or sewing projects. And so what they did, they spent the whole night talking, you know, ragging about their husbands. 
Um, and imagine, a, you know, maybe some older moms that have been married a while. A newlywed, a newlywed woman joins that team. And all of a sudden, she's getting all this stuff about how bad husbands are. I mean, uh, Kristen, how have you ever been with a group of girls? It might even be like your Bible study, dragging everybody down. So don't don't trash talk your husband would be my takeaway. But have, have you experienced that? And especially as a single mom, it was more apparent to me. It stood out more because in my mind, I was thinking these these issues that they're talking about are not that bad. And <laughs> they have a husband. They have someone at home. Whereas mm. you just, so now I'm much more mindful of who I'm around and the the different situations that are in that conversation, you never know. So that's just another layer on top of, we shouldn't, you know, bash our husbands anyway <laughs> to anyone. Um, but that just brought a new perspective to me. So I'm just a little bit more mindful of that now. Yeah. Holly? Yeah. You know, I'm really, I'm not a big fan of, of husbands and wives, um, even joking with each other in a negative way, just because I think those are seeds that, that don't need to be planted. We, we actually started before our marriage, um, at at one of my wedding shower games, I was asked, you know, what was the thing that I didn't like most about Michael? And, um, I didn't have an answer. And, and they said, well, just try to think of something. And, and I was like, well, I don't want to try to think of something. Cause then I'll have this thing that's always, you know, oh, that's mm. the thing I don't like about him. And so, you know, I think what you feed grows and, um, and so not planting those seeds is a really big deal. Uh, Mike, can I give another example of something that, uh, um, maybe not to do? And I'm wondering if, uh, if, uh, Ali and Kristen have done it. Uh, and again, I know that, uh, the idea of when a husband walks through the door, a couple things. Don't dump on him the first thing he hears, because that's just like, why does he even want to come home then? I mean, this is his home. This is your home that you've made for him. Uh, by the way, he doesn't care what color the walls are or the artwork on the walls or with how the furniture is arranged. You do. But uh, give, so give him some, some, cut him some slack on that. So don't dump on him when he walks in the front door. And also to the kids, don't say, wait until your father gets home. Because then all of a sudden they are, they're like, they don't want dad to come home either. Uh, any thoughts on that, ladies? Oh, I agree with that. Um, and I give Joseph the credit for this, that he is very intentional about the moment he walks in the door. The first thing he does is put down his bag and we hug and kiss. Even before he says hi to the kids, before the dog tries to tackle him. I mean, it's, he makes sure that we come first. So I love that about him. There you, go. Um, you know what? Your kids need to see mom and dad kissing the kitchen. Right. Yes. Because, you know what? Um, they need to see that there's romance in a committed marriage relationship. They need to, that confirmation that mom and dad are, are not getting divorced like all their friends are kind of thing. And uh, it's, it's... It's security. You, well, you know you're doing it right. If if the third grader says what? Ew. <laughs> And, yeah. and if the high schooler says what? If the high schooler says, get a room, then you know you're doing it right. So uh, so there you go, uh, walking in the front door. Uh, Holly, got, do you got a walking in the front door story? Yeah, well, and I, I think this is a hard balance. And I don't know that I always, you know, did this well um, because there were times I actually homeschooled um, my three for 15 years. And, you know, I was with them all day and, and we had a lot of challenges throughout the day. And, um, and sometimes they were things that mom couldn't handle alone, <laughs> um, especially with teen and preteen boys. And, um, and that was, that was a hard balance, you know, knowing that my husband, you know, was, had a stressful time at work, 
but needing um, his dad input too. And, and that was something I was very conscious of wanting, wanting his home to be a sanctuary. Um, but trying to strike that balance between, you know, we both, we both needed to be involved in certain things. So I don't know that I always did that, you know, a hundred percent well, but it was, it was on my radar screen and definitely uh, wanted him to want to come home every day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, one other thing that you can't do, and I know uh, uh, that, well, think about this for a second. Uh, this Sunday, there'll be 13 million more women in pews in churches than guys. So, uh, but here's my warning yeah. would be, ladies, you can't, you can't nag your husband into the kingdom of God. You can only love him into the kingdom of God. And there are all kinds of strategies for doing that. Um, uh, and I, I try to do some of them in the book. But the point is that reflecting Christ in your life and seeing is, is the best way that your husband said, eventually says, I need what you have, sweetheart. And I know, Holly and Kristen, your, your husbands uh, are, are solid believers, and that's awesome. What a, what a great privilege that is. But there are listeners today who are hurting when they think about that concept. That's right. So, ladies, uh, how do you, what does your practice of spiritual disciplines look like in front of your husbands? How do you share that with your husband so that they see your spiritual development and your spiritual growth? I mean, our spirituality and growth in our faith as a couple, as a family, it's every family is different. So, so what does that look like for you as a wife and a mother practicing your faith? Uh, praying, reading the Bible, applying it in your home, and encouraging your husband in that. What what does that look like? I think for me, I um, you know, spiritual disciplines is is a one on one thing with Christ. You know, it's it's me and Christ, and for um, mm-hmm. my husband, it's it's between him and Christ. And so, first, I'm only responsible for me. I'm not responsible for um, for his spiritual disciplines. Um, and so, just just taking responsibility, you know, for what I do. And I see him taking responsibility for him and then coming together as to how we want that to play out with our kids. Um, and just giving each other grace, I think is a big part. There will be, there will be days where I will be faltering and, and he will love me (laughs) through that, um, and vice versa. Um, but I think just, you know, focusing on, on my own personal spiritual walk, um, is really, um, the only thing that I can control. Um, and then just loving each other through that and giving each other grace. Mm-hmm. Kristen, how would you add to that? Um, so we just try to have ongoing conversations as well about what we're individually studying in our personal quiet time, but then also um, maybe what we have um, gleaned from our small groups. Um, I meet with a group of women. He meets with a group of men. Now, we don't share all the details of what we talk about in those groups, um, but just how the Lord is working through our certain study that we're doing. We also do, um, ever since we've gotten married, we make sure we do a marriage devotional together. Um, So just a little plug for family life. Right now, we're doing the story of us. Um, And it actually has great questions after each chapter to really force us to interact and and go deeper with each other. Um, And then also... Um, just trying to be intentional about leading the kids in um, like setting the practice of 
that discipline of spending time in your in your Bible with the Lord. Um, so uh, that's a, just a team effort. I'm there with the kids, in, you know, in the morning for breakfast, so I lead them through a devotional for breakfast. But any time that Joseph is there, um, Dad is leading. So it's um, just a team team effort. Holly said something that just struck me as I had to think this through, and it's it's it's, it's worth thinking through that you're not responsible for each other's faith. There's a sense that, uh, again, looking back at my 40 years of marriage, that uh, you know, uh, my faith. Is you know it's a roller coaster journey. You get you get far from God. You you feel distant from God, and that God can handle that. He's uh, he's big enough to handle your uh, your frustrations with him. You can get angry at God, but um, one of the great joys of marriage, of course, is to to lift each other up. When you hit the bottom, uh, when when one of you hits bottom, the other one should not. Uh, ladies, when your husband hits bottom, you can stand at the top of that pit and go, "See, there you go. You deserve that." Or you could jump down in the pit and join him and pray together and talk about things and help each other out because that's what it takes. It requires you when you hit bottom, when either of you hit bottom, and then when both of you hit bottom, then there's a whole different uh, thing going on. I think there is kind of responsibility, and that's not for not for salvation. You got to make that decision yourself, certainly. But um, uh, there's been just a handful of times when Rita and I were both hitting hitting bottom. Because it could be, she'll pull me up, she'll encourage me, and say the right things, and I'll do the same for her. So, um, so I think there is a responsibility as a married couple. It's a leave and cleave thing. We're we're you're you're one. That's why when uh, something awesome happens for my bride, it gives me joy as well. It's not about it's not about me uh, applauding her when she does something great. I'll take some of the credit for it because it's we did this together. Or when, and when she's hurting, or when, ladies, when your husband is hurting, you're hurting with him. Um, so th- there's that, that partnership that you got to work for. Yeah. But again, your, your own personal salvation, you, you're responsible for that on your own, yeah. of course. And I think when I think of responsibility, I think, you know, it's, it's not my job to tell him what he needs to do necessarily. And I've had the blessing of just having a super solid husband who's always led our family you know, spiritually and in every other way, but just giving each other grace on those days that, you know, hey, let me give you a minute to lift you up and you lift me up. And just like you said, you know, working together and, um, you know, building each other up in Christ. Yeah, it's uh, if, if you haven't been through the valley in some form or fashion, then you have no idea how mm, good the mountaintops go. are. Um and, and I think that's part of what we have to keep working through. And uh, so Psalm 127 is, man, it's um, like arrows in the hands of a warrior. This is the end of it. Verses four and five are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gates. So when when we are uh, attempting to, to live out Psalm 127 and raise up those arrows so that they can be shot out, What's what's the advice that we are encouraging moms to help their dads with or wives to help their husbands with in terms of raising those solid arrows that are sharp and straight and true? What comes to your mind when you think about that? We'll kind of close with that thought as we uh, as we bring this to conclusion. Um, Well, what a great image that is that that I know I'm talking to the noble warrior here. But uh, um, that that steadfast warrior, that that steadfast archer, and um, 
we need our wives to help us see ourselves as that. Um, and think about the archer. Uh, he, uh, he's got a, a quiver full of arrows. So, uh, you know what you got, uh, I know, uh, I mean, Kristen Holly, you've got, uh, you've got, uh, eight kids between the two of you and I've got five. Um, so a, a good quiver full of arrows. Um, and each one of them, you gotta, you gotta sh- pull out separately, sharpen it straight and true. Each one of those things, you gotta sharpen each one and each arrow is different each arrow, and then you find a target for each one. And what a great uh, image this is to meditate on, especially for, for husbands. Um, you, uh, you sharpen it, you pick a, a different target for each one because each kid is different. And then, of course, uh, you pull them close to your heart. That's what you do with an arrow. You pull them close to your heart. And then the uh, mm. then the toughest thing to do, and uh, Holly, you've done this, letting your, uh, your, your young adult, uh, the toughest thing to do is let them go. Uh, let them fly, uh, and uh, again, a great image to uh, to meditate on. But um, yeah, Psalm one twenty seven. Uh, you know what? Cross stitch. Put put you know put that on your walls. Psalm one twenty seven. Memorize it. That could be a good one for you to memorize together with your with your husband. Um, if the Lord does not build a house, in if the Lord does not build a house, in vain do the builders That's labor. Right. Psalm one twenty seven. Yeah. So Holly and Christian, uh, just to give you a, a, a final comment, what? how have you been helpful to Michael and Joseph? Can you give us an example of when you have helped them with some insights, uh, that, that something that they missed completely? You know, I know for me, um, one of the benefits of, of being a homeschool family for a period of time is that I had a, a lot of quantity time with my kids, which allowed me to really know them well. And, um, he was working outside the home and didn't have that quantity time all the time. And so for me to be able to say, Hey, I think, you know, this kid might need a little extra attention in this area right now, or this might be on their heart right now. And just give him those insights that I see throughout the day. Um, hopefully he feels like that's one way that I was able to help. That's awesome. You know what, part of what I think about with that is, you are able to set him up as a hero. Man, every dad wants to be a hero. So that's a pretty cool, that's a pretty cool insight. Kristen, how have you helped Joseph along the way well, in this? I feel like we are constantly learning and we do try to um, evaluate after each situation. Hey, we actually did better this time of that, or you helped me with this. <laughs> I mean, so um, we just try to be open about everything and talk through everything because we do have very different, we're bringing in very different perspectives. We both went through different types of trauma separately and are bringing, you know, just lots of different things to our marriage. Um, and, and some of it's been very good, very helpful, um, that we've been able to teach each other. Um, I feel like, I honestly feel like I learn more from him than he learns from me. Honestly, I think that, Reading this book is just another great tool, another good um, just bit of insight to make me a lot of good reminders. I'll put it that way. A lot of good reminders to um, just be aware of, um, of where he's coming from and how I can encourage him. 
Hey, we would we'll uh, put links to this book and all of Jay's resources in the show notes here. And folks, I would encourage you to check out Jay's work. Um, his wit and wisdom have been encouraging to me and many others. And we're so thankful to have you with us, Jay. Thanks for investing in the men of Noble Warriors in many ways, but but thanks also for investing in the women who follow Noble Warriors as well. You're a blessing to us. Well, Kristen and Holly, thanks. I know this was not uh, the most comfortable thing for you guys, but thanks so much for jumping in and sharing your stories and, uh, and being candid here with us. We are blessed uh, with such a great team here at Noble Warriors. So folks, thanks for joining us for the Noble Man Podcast. We will catch you next week with more on mentoring and investing in godly men. We look forward to catching you then. God bless you. 